0: This is the Come Follow Me podcast with Jaron Bunny. Each week, I'll get with a group of church members from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Los Angeles area to discuss the Come Follow Me manual.
1: Eventually, you're going to have to get out of the boat and walk on water. The
2: amount of bread or fish we can give is not the point, but rather our willingness to accept the bread of life. This church is for people to come and make a home.
1: I know that I can't do things in the name of Christ unless the Spirit is accompanying me
0: their interpretations, feelings, and insights to help you study. Hi, welcome back to the Come Follow Me podcast. If you could do me a huge favor, if you really like the podcast, go ahead and give it a review or rating on your iTunes app or your podcast app. This is a really great way for other people to find the Come Follow Me podcast. All right, let's get started with this new episode. Welcome to another episode of Come Follow Me podcast. This is the fifth one, which is exciting. Wow. We're studying Matthew fourteen and fifteen, Mark six through seven, and John five through six. Be not afraid. And I have some guests here. Uh, we have here Adri.
2: <laughs> How long have you been in the ward? Uh, over two years, I think, closer to two and a half, almost.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, that is a cool. veteran. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I'm Megan. Uh, I think we've been in the ward a similar time.
0: Did I move in the same time as you, Megan? You moved in I... before. Okay. So a little bit
1: before. Contacts for the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jaren and I moved into the Santa Monica Ward at the yes. same time. So we have the same LA experience, yeah. career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Ward's. Ward's <laughs> career. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's just dive into it. Any insights first off that you got from just reading these scriptures that you just want to bounce off? first.
1: I'll say the big one for me. Okay. Um, so part of the scriptures that we studied this week were the calming of the storm, walking yeah. on water. You know, it's a pretty famous, famous experience, uh, especially a testament of faith. And it made me think a lot about a saying that we have in church of yeah. stay in the boat. Stay yeah. In the boat, get in the boat, stay in the boat. Hmm. I thought about that a lot. They're in the boat they're afraid. Right. And it takes four times, like four night watches for Christ to come to them and to comfort them. And Christ's comfort is be a good cheer. It's me. Right. And also the way he comforted them is saying, come Come, to me. Yeah. Get out Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat and walk to me. And I think it's really interesting it helped me this week. A big insight was like, it's not just about staying in the boat. Good job. You got in the boat, you stay in the boat. Good for you. Yeah. But that's a very passive way to be a part of the gospel. Is right, just right. To stay in the boat. Eventually, you're going to have to get out of the boat and walk on water. Like, that's the bigger ask. Is yeah. That you're going to have to walk on water and put yourself in an uncomfortable situation after you've left the security of the boat. Yes. And so... That was really nice for me because it helped reconcile some tensions that I had. Let's
0: get into this because that's like what Jesus Christ invites me to set aside my fears and doubts and exercise faith in him. And I was uh, thinking about this. Okay. Brother Barron, which was my um, professor at BYU, Idaho, religious professor. He said this, the rest of the 12 were content to be with Jesus. They were just Mm. content to be with him. But Peter wanted to be like Jesus. Mm. And I was like, Mm, that's an interesting perspective. That is really cool. Like, it wasn't enough for Peter just to be with him. He wanted to be like him.
1: Right. And I really like that. That's another level of insight that I didn't even think about. But it was really interesting because I liked Peter's bargaining with the Lord. I always love studying bargaining in scriptures when people are like, I don't know about this, but I can do this. I love when people explain their prayers and share that with us in scripture. Mm -hmm. So I like Peter saying, like, if it's you, Lord, let me know and I'll come to you. Like, he still wasn't sure if it was Christ out there on the water. But he was willing to kind of make a deal. Right. (laughs) And I think that's really interesting of just sometimes being, trying to be like someone is like, you're not totally sure. It's not always very Mm straightforward. You're not really sure. And you're always kind of walking by faith. Yeah. And... Yeah, I really like that, where it's hard to follow an example sometimes.
0: Totally. And, like, the boat is whatever your comfort zone is, Mm -hmm. which is true. In the gospel, there's so many times where I'm like, well, I'm just comfortable going to the temple once a month. Mm -hmm. Or I'm just comfortable reading my scriptures, like, at this certain time frame or whatever it is. And it's like, no, getting out of the boat and being like Christ, you got to call your ministering sister, you got to, like, make appointments. You got to, you know, like, you got to fulfill your calling. Like, yeah. that's getting out of the boat. Mm-hmm. Completely. Um, in Mark,
2: I think it's 648, it says, when he saw them toiling and rowing, and i in the footnote it says like they were struggling and jesus is on the beach watching these people almost falling in and being like well, i guess i have to go save them you right know? and i think that to me all the time down here just like this is so hard you know <laughs> like the the storm the whatever the whatever
0: the trials um, the
2: trials there's just all these weird funny little hiccups and i'm sure he's just up there thinking like ah oh, i got to go get her again i got oh, to come get back and save her you got to help her no <laughs> really looking like a fool out there trying to row you know (laughs) anyway I thought it was I had never I didn't really know that he was so far apart from them and he was watching this happen in front of him and he kind of had to step in an insight that I
0: I had never really discovered before I like that he also when Peter fell into the water because his you know his faith Mm uh immediately he like grabbed Mm -hmm. him And it says that in immediately. Like, he calls out, right? Mm -hmm. And then immediately, he just grabs him. And I feel like that's a characteristic of of Christ, that he is willing to, like, save us and help us immediately, without Mm -hmm. question. He's there. But we have to do our part and ask for his help. Mm -hmm. And be
2: outside the boat. And be outside (laughs) the boat. (laughs) Yeah. it It wouldn't have happened if he wasn't
1: in the water. Right. Completely. In one of the accounts, it's a description of the wind. It was just contrary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that, where whatever wind path is in your life, it's usually, like, wind, I think, is a really good image or metaphor to have. It's kind of blind and aimless and agnostic. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes we get really stuck in this, like, why this trial for me? right? And it's like, it's just wind, and it's just contrary <laughs> to you. And that's kind of the plan, mm-hmm. yeah. that you're going to have some kind of headwind up against you, and it's just contrary to you. So then once again, when Peter is walking on water, there's wind, and he gets scared. And it's not, it's not about him. It's just like, that is what you have to do when you're going to walk on water. There's going to be some wind. Right. And I mm-hmm. found it to be really interesting when... Christ's invitation is, don't be afraid, be of good cheer. That's yeah. a 180 from the fear that everyone was feeling. Yeah. And it helped me understand that fear is not a productive place to dwell in. If fear has no long-term place in our lives. Yeah. Productive. And We, we mm-hmm. talked about efficiency in the church. But right. I think living in fear is not a productive place, and that was really interesting. It's either like, if you're afraid in the boat, then get out of the boat. And then when you're on water, like, don't remain in fear. You have to exercise that faith. Yeah. Keep that eye contact with the Lord. Don't look down. And it was really interesting because the Lord didn't anticipate that he was going to sink. Right? He could have because he knows all things. Yeah. Faith has to be the first responder. Like, only you can save yourself first. And then you have to reach out and ask for the Lord. And he will be there, but only... Part of the agency and faith is you have to save yourself first. If Peter would have had the faith, it would have been fine.
0: The thing that I've been thinking about, because I was breaking it down, he had a desire and hope, right, to come to him, to get out of the boat. He got the assurance by him saying, the Savior said, come. Mm-hmm. Then he acted, he got out of the boat, and then he got his witness, which was walking on water. But then but then he had, like, a trial of faith, mm-hmm. right? Which is so interesting to me because it's like, well, you received your witness that it was working Mm -hmm. and yet fear came back in. I don't know. I was just thinking about my own life. How many times do I receive a confirmation from the Holy Ghost, but then I maybe don't continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. I get afraid and I get set back.
1: Yeah. I mean, this whole story had me thinking about, it's less about the trial but more of your reaction to that opposition. Yeah. How are mm-hmm. you choosing to react to opposition? And is it always the most productive way to yeah. react to that? And so. I totally agree. And the scriptures right after
2: uh, that one that I just read, because uh, this is after the loaves, right? The miracle the loaves. So here's that they're close in time. And that type of miracle is not something you no- normally forget. Next one happens of him pulling him out of the water and then at the very end, verse 52, it says, For they considered not the miracle of the lowest, for their heart was hardened. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, these people forgot. <laughs> and then they forgot again. I you don't know, know how it's you like, can forget, but. These massive miracles are yeah. happening in front of your eyes, and they're still like, no, no, I, I don't get it. I don't
1: mm-hmm. believe it. I'm
2: not going to follow. I don't understand. And it's, it's interesting. I've been thinking about this a lot of, There's so many miracles that happened in front of people's eyes so long ago that we read and reread all the time. But like in our modern day, how that kind of contrasts to the type of people that we are, for the most part, we have faith in something that we don't see. It's harder, honestly. And I think it's set to be that way. We have things in our lives that we don't totally know what the outcome is and we have a lot of questions and sometimes we don't get those answers ever. Right. Um. At least in this life. I think it's making us a, a stronger people and a, a really big contrast, honestly, to a lot of even the apostles back in the day. It's right. Like they said, Yeah, I, I don't remember when you
0: fed 5,000 people. <laughs> like, how could you forget that? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> Literally, like, most miraculous things. Yeah. I um, don't know. I struggle sometimes with like trust. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm like, Yeah, I have faith. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm like, oh, do I trust that this is going to happen?
2: That's a good nuance. Quick to forget.
0: That. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, we got deep right into it right <laughs> away. Which I, love. <laughs> I love. The
2: photo. What I live for. Mm-hmm. I think a lot. Like I wrote in here a few times, like comfort. I felt mm-hmm. a lot of comfort from a lot of these things because the, there are these miraculous things in in front of their eyes, and and they're kind of blind to it. And I'm like, wow, well, I'm doing well. You know, yeah. I, I feel I feel kind of more contented at where I'm at and, and the things that I, I do believe, and it makes me feel
0: Come good. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It made me feel, like, I feel like this passage of Scripture just made me feel like, well, we all struggle. Even Peter. You know what, yeah. what I mean? Like, like, if I'm struggling, that's okay, because that's what mortality is about, and we need Christ, and... Mm-hmm. So for any other listeners that are also struggling <laughs> with trust issues with the Lord, I, I get know. you. We all are. Even Peter.
2: This is like a great lesson, I think, for me and a lot of my friends, honestly. And like the the time of the, the world. Oh, yeah. It's
0: wild. Okay, moving forward to another area. Jesus Christ honors his father. I read the talk, The Grandeur of God. That was, did you guys read that one too? Yeah. There was a quote that I wanted to read because I really liked it. Holland says, So feeding the hungry, healing the sick, rebuking hypocrisy, pleading for faith. This was Christ showing us the way of the Father. He who is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, long-suffering, and full of goodness. In his life, and especially in his death, Christ was declaring, This is God's compassion I am showing you, as well as that of my own and the perfect son's manifestation of the perfect father's care and their mutual suffering and shared sorrow for the the sins and headaches of the rest of us. We see ultimate meaning in the declaration, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And I think sometimes we read like, the old Testament and you think like, man, God seems scary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of, I think he goes on and talks about how many modern say that they might feel comfortable in the arms of Jesus, but they are uneasy with the sternness of God. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because I like how Christ does show the one of the same, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's the same purpose and he's showing just like how much God loves us, yeah. Through him,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Any thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I maybe similarly. My personal relationship with Heavenly Father in Christ is not one of a stern person, and I talk about this with my family a lot because maybe Heavenly Father in Christ, know that's not what I need. Yeah, like I don't need another. Person, or that's, and I believe that Christ and God personally can conform to all of the individual needs and relationships that people need to have to be close to them. And so for me, my relationship with Christ and Heavenly Father is one of very open arms, very loving, very inclusive is going to find a way. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. He's going to find a way and wants you to live with him again. It is really interesting. I love that we have a Heavenly Father that says, I know you might have a hard time relating to me because I'm kind of this ethereal, faceless thing. So I'm going to send a son, and that's going to be the example that you can begin to relate to. Right. And I think that talk made a good point of that. That gets disconnected sometimes. I feel like reading that talk, I realized...
0: um more about God, mm-hmm. I guess. And I was like, oh, like, I can, because reading the scriptures about Jesus Christ, I'm like, I feel like I know him. I feel like I know his characteristics. But sometimes I don't feel like I really understand and know God that mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm talking to him through my prayers and stuff, but sometimes I'm like, I don't I don't really know the characteristics maybe in ways. Mm-hmm. And then reading that talk and being like, no, you do, Jaren. You do yeah. know his characteristics because mm-hmm. it's through Jesus Christ that you learn of him. Mm-hmm. And it brought a lot of comfort for me and a good connect connection. I think actually I like wept because I was like finally understand a little bit more about God through that that uh talk. I can't believe I hadn't ever read it before. Grateful for Come Follow Me Manual. <laughs> yeah. <A laughs> <plug>. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I
2: totally agree. I don't know why in my head I had never put the word, like, example in between, like, God and Jesus Christ, because the world, instead of the way that it is, he sent Jesus Christ to be in front of people, and to be like, I'm a
0: representative. Yeah. We take on the name of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to kind of show that love for, like, of the Savior to, like, other people, mm-hmm. and then he was showing the love to God. It all just kind of mm-hmm. extends back to God.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what was helpful with all of these thoughts in mind was John five nineteen, yeah where it reads then answered Jesus and said unto them verily verily I say unto you the son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the father do for what things soever he doeth these also doeth the son likewise so I was like okay Kind of what you're talking about, Jaren, that hierarchy of how it all connects, where I was thinking about, it's all about a reliance. You have to just commit on a reliance to the Lord and then Heavenly Father. And that's kind of the relationship that is important there, that I just have to rely on these people, and that's part of having a relationship with them. Yeah. It's not saying, I got it, I have it handled. But having that reliance of, I can't do anything without a gift from Heavenly Father, ultimately. Yeah. And just that understanding and moving forward in that understanding. And so it was really interesting where I think that's a big, that's a big topic that I have a hard time wrapping my arms around more often than not. <laughs> even as I say it now. <laughs> 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 Frankly. <laughs>
0: Dude. I get it, though. I mean, sometimes it's hard to apply all of this in mm-hmm. your daily life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is I guess why we, every week we have to talk about it so that way we
1: can yeah. let me like, okay, I'm gonna apply this yeah. this week.
0: Okay, moving forward, the savior can magnify my humble offerings to accomplish his purposes. I loved this quote that they have on the bottom. Many nameless people with gifts equal only to five loaves and two small fishes magnify their callings and serve without attention or recognition, feeding literally thousands i loved that (laughs) who was it there was someone that came to an apostle and was like i've never been a leader but i've always been a helper and he's like god bless the helpers you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and i just i don't know my heart just kind of like melted in that quote just Mm -hmm. thinking about all the efforts that people namelessly do Mm -hmm. in order to to serve christ and serve his church and to help others.
1: Absolutely.
0: I'm sure we could all name people in our lives that have done that.
1: Completely. Yeah. And the scale of your impact is not your title or your calling per se. Yeah. It is not just about the two hour block. Right. You know? And <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes that. When Showing face
0: in the two hour block. It's not about that.
1: Completely. It's not like, oh, I conducted this meeting. Everyone knows that I am feeding the hundreds of people that are in this ward, let's yeah. say it's so much more about my scale and my impact is mm-hmm. probably beyond Sunday, hopefully beyond Sunday,
0: hopefully beyond Sunday. Yes. And yeah, I <laughs> would hope
1: and you'd be like, okay, am I serving other people? And that those are the thousands that I should be focusing on. Yeah. Not just the people who subscribe to this very narrow part of our world. Right, honestly. Right. And is it, how am I serving the thousands that I interact with every touch point? If you were to match every touch point in your week, it would be overwhelming. And then to ask yourself, am I, am I making a positive impact in that person's life? Right. I don't know.
0: In my calendar, in the beginning of the year, I did this and I should do it again. Um, on my calendar on the side panel, I would mark down all the people I touched that day or like mm-hmm. that week or whatever it was just to get a count of yeah. like, who was I helping ministering to? What friends did I visit? And it was remarkable at the end of the month. I was like, actually, I did touch... Sometimes it feels like I'm not touching anyone. Yeah. And then you have to take a mental check and you're like, okay, no, I am. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm doing okay. But it can feel daunting Mm -hmm. to, like, beat the thousands. That seems very
1: daunting. Right. Yeah. But I think it's the mindfulness that you're having behind that. And then the trickle-down effects of that. You impacted someone and that can you know. maybe impact them to help another person, right? Yeah. The butterfly effect of yeah. it. 100%.
0: If it's- yeah. Well put. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wrote, he asked the question at the very beginning, have you ever felt inadequate? I was like, duh. Like, <laughs> in some form, we all feel inadequate. Of like there's, mm-hmm. it It depends on, you know, your your situation, but there's always a time that one of us feels that way. And I wrote in here kind of, this is like the culmination of all my thoughts, Uh, The amount of bread or fish we can give is not the point, but rather our willingness to accept the bread of life, which is Christ. Yeah. Like, Christ is the bread of life. So, and I really liked, I read parts of um, Five Loaves with Two Fishes.
0: Oh, you did? I didn't read the talk.
2: Was it? It was really good. Yeah, it was was good. I really liked, he talks quite a bit about not only our willingness for the Lord, but also, like, what things can get in the way of that. So, like ego and pride and a lot of those mm. things get in the way of us moving forward. Um, which obviously I, I knew, but in the way that he puts it was really interesting. I read this kind of paragraph here and I was like, oh, What have I done? Like mm. I felt so inadequate. I was like, I need to do more. I haven't and then I was like, we're sitting here doing a podcast. <laughs> and jared's like a saint. <laughs> no we're, we're touching so many people's lives. By not like just you know like getting together on a Sunday to chat, so it's like it's pretty miraculous to think that I was I was thinking in my head I haven't done anything, and then you're you just stated
0: that I think there's a thousand thousand (laughs) followers we listeners yeah we have like well a thousand plays so far in the four episodes which is remarkable that's pretty crazy that's pretty crazy just in like us
2: doing this small thing that seems so small and simple like there are I'm sure repercussions and people having conversations that would have never happened if, if we had not got you done. done this. So, anyway. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more thing from uh, John 6, 9, which I think was in the reading. Um, it was really interesting. I think it was Andrew who posed the question um, in, in verse 9. There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? I think that's a question we frequently ask ourselves of like mm. what is my impact? Am I enough? Am I worthy of this? What am I supposed to do? What is my purpose here? What is there? my purpose? Okay. I don't I feel like I'm flailing. I don't know how to row, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all yeah. those questions and and I Heavenly Father just brings it back. I'm sure we'll talk about it at the end. He just brings it right back of like, no, this is the purpose. This is why we're here. And if you want to follow, that's awesome. But like this is it yeah mm. um get on the path get on the path but, but yeah i, I mean, you're staring at a few loaves and a few fishes like there's no way yeah This is gonna happen i can't get there mm. how the am i gonna do
0: that did you think joseph smith probably felt that no, way exactly. dude he's like the prime example yes. he's probably like what now <laughs> when he's like just a teenager yeah. like yeah that's a humble beginning
1: For sure. Exactly. And I really liked the frame of the humble offerings. I thought it was really helpful for me to digest this story in a new way. Specifically, in John 6, 12, Christ instructs everyone to gather everything you can so nothing is lost. And I thought that to be so funny because he already knows he's going to feed everyone, but he wanted to make you work for it. He wanted to make sure that it wasn't four loaves. It was five loaves. If there's another one out there, go get it. We need it. And then it kind of instills this um, commitment and also this ownership in it. You're we like, at least I contributed to this miracle. Yeah. I found a way. I like found that second fish. Right. That made all the difference. Yeah. And I really like that. Of, like, nothing is lost. It takes all of the effort, turning over every stone, because I don't think faith is this blind backseat passivity? Yeah, we believe in faith and works, and yeah. works is searching out everything so nothing is lost, and doing your part in the miracle, whatever it might be.
0: Everything is action based. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna, if you want to see miracles, again, you have to like get out of the boat and start acting, yeah. start walking, mm-hmm. because you're you're not gonna see, you're not gonna witness if you don't act on it. No, and Christ is such a man of action.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting to I me mean, too. Christ is a man of action and different accounts will emphasize Christ's action almost to like a judicial level of yeah. facts yeah, yeah, yeah. and others are kind of reveal more of the emotional state of Christ. Yeah. I was really struck in these accounts, uh, Matthew 14, 16, where to me it read as like Christ has feelings where he was like, don't leave me.
2: Yeah. Like
1: they had really resigned themselves. of like, okay, we're going to tell everyone to go get food. We don't have any here. He's like, no, let me get a game plan together. Like, Don't leave me. I'm trying to figure it out. And even he still has feelings and feels alone and isolated in his knowledge and in his attempt to serve. He needs people to minister to him just to support. Yeah. I
0: realized that even within this last podcast,
1: when I read about the women
0: that ministered to Mm -hmm. the Savior, and I was like, whoa, light bulb. He needed ministering sisters and brothers in his life. And how many times do we sometimes be like, Um, Like, I don't need anyone in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need a ministering brother. I don't need a ministering Mm -hmm. sister. Maybe you kind of reject them serving you. And it's like, no, even Christ needed that. Like, you need it.
1: Completely. Open
0: yourself up to that.
1: And it's so interesting where, this is a very grandiose idea, but I was like, how do I minister to Christ now? Today? I have no idea. By probably feeding his sheep. Mm -hmm. Feeding his sheep, taking on his
0: name. Yeah. Honoring him continuing to talk about him to others, just opening up that discussion. Yeah. I was getting my hair done, right? Yes. <laughs> and I was just, like, talking to people about Christ and the things I've been learning through Come Follow Me. And mm-hmm. then they were like, I'm going to listen to your podcast. Listen, I need Christ more in my life. And I was like, cool, great. So shout out to those that are listening from my <laughs>
1: hair. <laughs> my oh, great. <laughs> because
0: it was really cool to see that, like, that's, you know, that's the point. It's yeah. always testifying of him.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the stimulus for this miracle where Christ was really moved that all these people came to hear him speak and yeah. they literally stayed so long that they couldn't have any food or like they've, I was even thinking about it. I have no idea the historical context, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. some of these people forfeited a day of work.
0: That right. That them food.
1: Right. So, huge sacrifice. Yeah. And So it was really interesting that Christ looked upon these people and was really moved because they seemed like sheep without a shepherd. Right. They were so willing to follow and do anything to receive and to learn, uh, even if it came with sacrifices. And it made me think of a way to be more like Christ is to find those people who are without a shepherd and feel accounted for and not leave them and really stay with them because I can be... A taskmaster at times. <laughs> and sometimes I even pencil in, like, saying hi to people and checking in. Like, that's yeah. sometimes how crunched yeah. my days become, where I'm like, okay, make sure I gotta talk to Colin, which is so but, bad. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Megan's getting married, too. <laughs> and so... She's gonna, yeah. <laughs> and so, it... But it's not to leave people. Yeah. And... To leave them in their own lonely roads. And it's just really interesting. Um, and it's another thing of you can't do anything without the Lord. And so... Once, I was going to say,
0: he's going to help you with that.
1: Yeah. And so it's like once you discover him, yeah, you don't want to leave that comfort, that love, that understanding, that insight. Yeah. And it became a nice context or filter for me to be like okay why would I leave
0: this sphere
1: of comfort and love and how do I bring other people into that sphere of comfort and love and serve them in a way that keeps them there like you don't need to go get bread we will we'll take care of that we'll figure it out it's going to be different for every
0: individual because Christ was always about the one Mm -hmm. right true so Every time you serve and help others in that way, it's going to be unique and different to that individual. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're already at the last section here. There's
2: a lot here, though. But there is oh. a lot here.
0: As a disciple of Jesus Christ, I must be willing to believe and accept the truth, even when it is hard to do. And he talks about those that were physically nourished with food came mm-hmm. back and they were disappointed Cause he was talking about the bread of life and they found this to be a hard saying Mm -hmm. and it kind of goes on and says like, how many times, you know, do you feel like uh, maybe things in the church are difficult to accept? Mm -hmm. And I liked this quote from that um, talk that they linked to with Ballard, to whom shall we go? Um, I'm going to read a quote that I liked from it. Brothers and sisters accepting and living the gospel of Christ can be challenging It has always been thus, and it ever will be. Life can be like hikers ascending a steep and arduous trail. It is a natural and normal thing to occasionally pause on the path to catch our breath, to recalculate our bearings, and to consider our pace. Not everyone needs to pause on the path, but there is nothing wrong with doing so when your circumstances require. In fact, it can be a positive thing for those who take full advantage of the opportunity to refresh themselves with the living water of the gospel of Christ. The danger comes when someone chooses to wander away from the path that leads to the tree of life, mm-hmm. which I think is key. Mm-hmm. And I just think of like my own experience of like there's been times where I had to pause mm-hmm. on my path and take some granola bars with me and eat it and just like reflect. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think that I came out better in the end. Like he said. Yes. Like I I feel like I understood things about the gospel in a better perspective, and I was able to serve him in a better way because I did take a pause, but I didn't leave the path. Mm -hmm. I kept going to church. Mm -hmm. I kept reading my scriptures. I kept talking to my bishop. I didn't leave the church. I just paused and reflect Mm -hmm. and took a break to try to think about things.
1: Yeah. I think that's essential for learning and for the eternal truths to resonate with you in a way that are long standing. Yeah. Um, I had this conversation with Jaren earlier today. Yeah. where to scale the lessons that the gospel wants to teach has to really go to a law of averages and sometimes that becomes carrot and stick. Of if you do this thing, then you get a blessing. So then you have a lot of people who are just blessing oriented. Mm -hmm. And they pay their tithing because blessings. Right, right. And so I found myself in all of these examples, actually, of there's like a basic thing that Christ is asking you to do, and you get points. You definitely get points for showing up and following him and listening to his lecture, even when it means you don't have any bread. Points. The better lesson, the truth that Christ wants you to learn, is the bread of life. Yeah. And it takes some personal reflection and pausing and a little bit more introspective work to get to that point. Right. And that is the more rewarding point and it's kind of irrelevant of blessings. Right. Like Take that, blessings out. Yeah, throw <laughs> it out the window. Like, of course you're blessed in a sense, but it's like that blessing of knowing and surety and confidence and understanding. That's the true miracle right there, is yeah. that. And... I think it's really interesting because it helps me. There are commandments that I'm definitely still looking for, that soul-enlarging right. understanding. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are some that resonate with me, and it's just very easy, and then others, it's a wrestle. You know, right. Once again, the bargaining and the wrestle, I'm really interested in that because yeah. that's where the work is, and that's yeah. why we're here. That's where you grow. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rumbling with the gospel. <laughs>
0: <Figuring> <laughs> it's it fun. <laughs> Absolutely, but sometimes you got to put things on shelves and just let it mm-hmm. sit there and wrestle with it later because mm-hmm. maybe it will hurt more than good, right? Yeah. Like taking that pause. Like sometimes you do need to take a pause, yeah, and reflect. So,
2: yeah. Absolutely. Another thing that I found comforting, I read a few talks in here, but mostly. Uh, one by Ballard and then another one by Bettner that I'll mention later. Yeah. But they both said that there are questions that they have that do not have answers from an apostle. Yeah. And that kind of blew my mind to be like, they have things in their head that they've probably been wrestling with for years and they still don't know. Yeah, And for them to be in the state that they are and, and having those maybe hesitancies was like, oh, Oh, it's okay to have those, and it's okay to put them oh, on yeah. a shelf, and it's okay to have, you know, maybe questions or clarifications that you don't quite know, because an apostle is is wondering the same thing. I know? know you think of them as
0: like all knowing, right? But yeah. they are just as human. They don't know. They yeah, just
1: have questions just like us. Yeah, yeah. I uh, believe yeah. in experimenting on the word. Yeah, like we're asked to do that, and sometimes oh, yeah. that sounds really scary to people. Right. Because it sounds like getting out of the boat once again. Yeah, Pausing sometimes translates to someone as getting out of the boat, which is not what it means for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's another leap of faith, I guess. Another trust fall. Right. Of, I'm going to take a pause and try to be still really mindful and intentional about what that pause means and what you're trying to get out of it. Right. You guys... Thank you so much Thank for coming and being on this podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for hosting it. So of course. I had a lot of fun. Me too. Um, come-